You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Year coming up later in the episode. We have another nominee. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the pod as always on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scrub. So an idea hit me, bam, as soon as we got on the mic, that would be a lot of fun for both Nada and I, because something we haven't done in a long time, but both Nada and I love to do is go back in history and do the what if thing with players. And we like playing the alma maters game like we're playing stump the Schwab. That is something that we both enjoy and have not done in a long time. It's going to be along those same lines with it being lottery night tonight, 830 p.m. We will find out where the Charlotte Hornets are going to be selecting in the upcoming NBA draft. I have the full history every single year of the lottery odds heading into lottery night where the Charlotte Hornets ended up picking what they were supposed to pick. And so what we're going to do the last two segments of the show is we're going to look as at every single year. And if the Hornets would have selected where they were supposed to coming in, how would the team look different? Because it would have been interesting, certainly the first couple of seasons that they were a franchise here in Charlotte. I'm excited about that. Nada, I know you love doing this stuff too. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm so <laughs> stoked for this because again, we get to talk about where we would have been and granted, this may get us burned at the stake, Walker, but at the same time, I am here for the potential being burned as a Hornets heretic because you know what? It, what what's better than being like just going mm-hmm. into the what ifs? I mean, it, it's it's like those like episodes of Wayne's World where you get well like the movie Wayne's World where you have those alternate scenarios, and then they're like, let's go to the happy ending. Some of these were just the happy ending on the Wayne's World cut, and of some the of these will not be That's happy endings. Saying. We can go back and forth, right? We can look at some of the times where the Hornets dropped. They never dropped a ton, which I guess the lottery is kind of designed to not have you drop a ton, but you can drop certainly a few spots and we can look at some of those scenarios as well. Leading up in the NBA uh, draft lottery tonight, hopefully the Charlotte Hornets can strike luck again, but Honestly, it ties in perfectly because the one player we have not discussed, we didn't plan it. It just was in our producer Mm -hmm. blood, the media that is within our soul. We decided that LaMelo Ball would be the last guy that we talk about as a nominee for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Year. We've been looking back on the season. We've been identifying different players who stood out throughout the year and what we hope to see from them next season. So the Ultra Player of the Year nominees have included Terry Rozier. They've included Miles Bridges and really the only other guy, Nada, that is a worthy adversary in this category to both of those players. It's LaMelo ball. He's the only other one that I think you could put up there. If you wanted to Gordon Hayward at the beginning, then fine. But he was just out for so long. He even tailed off a tiny bit when he was injured. I don't think Gordon Hayward is somebody that can be a part of this category, but we'll have an honorable mention episode. We'll leave it up to Yeah, we'll we'll throw throw him him in in there. there. We'll throw it up to the votes, um, to the people, the listeners that will be coming up next week. So stay tuned for that. But uh, Nada, I mean, the Hornets, they move up to three overall. There was a real shot that the Charlotte Hornets would 
be so interested in James Wiseman enough because we know they do not like their big man situation that they might package something to go get a James Wiseman that they were afraid Golden State would pull the trigger on. And eventually they did. So when Golden State selected James Wiseman number two overall and the Hornets decided not to jump them or get their pick by sending them some kind of trade package or whatever, they stood pat and they took LaMelo Ball clearly the best player in the NBA draft, at least this past season, Anthony Edwards, we'll see, but LaMelo ball clearly this past season and a guy who you would want on your team right now, going forward. Anyway, I think LaMelo was that answer. He was awesome. He brought so much fun. You talk about bringing in joy. You talk about enjoyment. Isn't the end game. It's the entire game. Boy, it was a lot of fun to watch LaMelo. And these are his numbers before he went down with the broken wrist. Okay. This is all before the injury playing one through 41, the games that he played in his rookie season, he averaged 16 points per game. He averaged six assists Mm -hmm. a game. He averaged six rebounds per game. All of those just point one decimal point off. Field goal percentage was at 45. His three point percentage, the most shocking number to see him shoot this well on the kind of volume that he was shooting 37.5% from three on 5.3 points uh, on 5.3 attempts per game. His free throw percentage was 79%. Not a, Those are fantastic numbers. We saw his defense. It needs to get better. There were opportunistic things that he did for them where he would gamble and then guess correct, but also team defense kind of going rogue at times. It really would mess their team defense up, but whatever. He's a rookie. All rookie defenders are basically bad. LaMelo, what he did last year was something that one, not only the counting stats were great, the analytics, the, uh, the advanced stats, the eyeball test, you could tell he had a real part in helping the Hornets win basketball games as a 19-year-old rookie, even in clutch moments, LaMelo would rise up to the occasion. You couldn't have asked. You could not have asked for a better first year from LaMelo. No, you couldn't have. And if you wanted it, like, here's, if you wanted to ask for more, you would have been greedy, especially considering the short, short um, preseason the time that he needed, which he again, I will continue to argue this till till its death, and thankfully it, that should die soon. He needed to be coming off the bench to start to get acclimated to the NBA, and once he started doing that, and once he started taking his time, and once he started like getting used to the league, it became one of those things where he was just so awesome. Now, I again, if we're gonna start talking about the people that spark joy. And if the Michelob Ultra <laughs> player of the year is Ooh, about yeah. if you do you win because you enjoy it or do you again, do you enjoy it because you win that like that little tagline? That's LaMelo ball. It's made so, for LaMelo. And like, what's funny about this, too, is you brought this up with Miles. It's like one of the only players that you could fight this category for against LaMelo and give it to Miles, which is great to have both of those exactly. guys on your team. Exactly. It's like it's one of those it's one of those really cool conundrums that you have because it's like who sparked joy more. And then we get into an entire Marie Kondo episode almost. So, <laughs> I mean. We're, we're talking about two guys that really sparked joy that and also made winning plays. It's not like it was just, oh, these guys sparked joy and then the Hornets lost by 20. No, these guys contributed, made winning plays, 
helped bring this franchise from basically irrelevancy to a point where they're going to be relevant and we're going to see maybe five, six, seven national TV games, whether it's a combination of NBA TV or whether it's TNT or whether it's ESPN. You're going to see more of these games. Hell, LaMelo Ball's doing Black Widow commercials with his brother. That's right. Like, That's right. I saw that too. Like, at some point, like, this dude sparks so much joy in the league all around that, you know what? I am so here for this. And that's why, if this is just supremely on joy, it's LaMelo Ball in a walk away. If we and, and, and if it is, here's my point. It doesn't even have to be all on that because we have talked about his impact on winning mm-hmm. basketball. And, you know, that that was such that was such a popular take at the beginning for LaMelo to come into the league. It's that he's going to provide a lot of exhilarating, fantastic plays, but it's not going to turn into winning basketball. He's not a winning basketball player yet, which was always a little always a little weird to put on LaMelo as more than any other rookie, because that's kind of the case for every rookie. There's not many players, 19, especially in the one and done era that can come in and help you win right away. And yet we were trying to separate, Hey everybody, I know you're excited about LaMelo coming in and having these exhilarating passes, but he's not actually helping you win right now. And so it's funny to see this guy that was thrown under that analysis more than what I think any other rookie was coming into this year. It's funny that LaMelo was actually him, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards at the end, and maybe like a Desmond Bain when he was on the floor, right? But like just in a three and D type of role, not in the kind of role that ball did. It's funny that ball had all of that responsibility and he's the one, the guy that got criticized most for that. He's the guy that actually was like, wait, no, I'm, I'm different than every other rookie. I'm providing the exciting plays. I'm providing the flashes and I'm helping this team exceed expectations as well as impact winning basketball. His totals, by the way, after it, when he came back from the wrist injury, his totals were about the same. His efficiency went down. So 43.6% on the year, 35.2% from three on the year, 76% from the free throw line on the year. So his efficiency points, they dropped just one or two after he came back and played those last 10 games of the season that he did still. LaMelo is a worthy contender for player of the year candidate with the Charlotte Hornets. And it's because the Hornets got to number three overall in last year's NBA draft with the lottery night, giving the Charlotte Hornets some luck uh, in a way that is extremely unusual. So that is your last, at least for us, Michelob Ultra player of the year candidate. Michelob Ultra is only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success and enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. All right. Let's live in the only kind of nostalgia that Nada actually enjoys himself going back and talking about random basketball players and the what if scenarios. If the Charlotte Hornets would have been selecting what they were supposed to heading into lottery night, how different would the teams look in that year and beyond? We do that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I said, oh, oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me. You're going to be singing the chorus to Billie Jean if you ain't careful. <laughs> and Again, I point to the lie. Yes, I. You're, well, yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being had exactly. out there. Goodness gracious. Exactly. Unexpected ones. Point ones to that the lie. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they wanted to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma money, you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. It's instant gratification is just like Lamella Ball gave you in his first year. You didn't have to wait at all. That's what Credit Karma is. Credit Karma, it's the Lamello Ball. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. They've already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. So open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Pinky to the mouth like Dr. Evil. Credit Karma money progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right. Let's get to the lottery history of the Charlotte Hornets. Now, we talked about this a little bit last year because at the time, before we even had the lottery night happen, the Hornets had only moved up ever, (laughs) only moved up three times in lottery history since 1989, the first year of a Charlotte Hornets basketball franchise. So it had been 1990 to uh, 1999. That was the last time they had moved up before last year. But nada, the good news is that when the Charlotte Hornets moved up in the lottery, it happened in bunches. In fact, it happened three times in a five-year span. Or excuse me, in, in a five-instant uh, five span because they traded some picks to go get some veterans and stuff like that. So you had 1991, 1992, and 1999 where they moved up. And I believe that was just five times where they were actually in the lottery or they actually had one of those picks. So, um, so or, or, you know, because they were making the playoffs and stuff like uh-huh. that, not trading first round picks. You get the picture. So anyways, in a five lottery span, they had moved up three times. One was in 1991 when they moved up four spots to select Larry Johnson. Number one overall, they were supposed to select fifth overall in that particular NBA draft. So let's go back to 1991 yeah. and see how it would have played out. Had they stayed at number five overall? It's an interesting name. So that draft goes like this. Larry Johnson goes number one overall, of course, to the Charlotte Hornets. He would have been the number one pick anywhere. Uh, Kenny Anderson goes two. Billy Owens goes three. (laughs) Dikembe Mutombo goes Goes four. four. Then the Hornets would have been on the clock, and they would have selected really the last good player from that group, Steve Smith. Steve yes. Smith would have been a Charlotte Hornet in that scenario. I like me some Steve Smith, man. The move yeah, on the baseline it. where he fakes like he goes back to the three-point line. That would have been fun to see in the uh, purple and teal. Certainly glad we got LJ, but Steve Smith would have been fun too. There are worse ways to go. Like, I here's the thing. I don't think Steve Smith becomes a journeyman he does if he ends up in um, Charlotte. Now, that's a fun game because the Hornets were so starved, right, for players. They were trying to build some kind of core, and so Steve Smith moves around a little bit. That's a fun game to play. I I agree with you on that. Like, the other thing is, could you imagine a backcourt? Like, think about it like this. You'd have had Muggsy, Steve Smith, and Rex Chapman. Think about how dope that would have been. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Like, you're talking about size, versatility. Like, that backcourt plays a lot better considering every all things considered in 2021 than it does in 1991. It still would have been very, very fun, though, because Steve Smith would have played the three, and he was playing a lot of three at the time because he was 6'8", 6'9". So you're talking about a guy that would have done some serious damage. He might have been Glenn Rice before Glenn Rice came here. Like, that would have been... I do think he would have stayed here a little bit longer. And granted, the injuries slowed him down, but I, I, that's one of those where it's like, I, that, again, the best case scenario happened, but the second best case scenario, that wasn't so bad either. That yeah, really wasn't it, so bad. You know, so it, it is funny. You talk about how much luck impacted just the overall culture of the Charlotte Hornets. That's something that would have been greatly missed because in this alternate scenario, ain't nobody buying the Charlotte Hornets starter jacket because Steve Smith is rocking it. They're doing it because grandmama is coming in with the gold tooth and rocking it. And he puts the cultural status on the map of the Charlotte Hornets. Like, so if you were to say, what's the most important move up in the NBA draft for Charlotte Hornets history, like even if Zoe was awesome for those couple of years and people are going to roll their eyes because we do not like Zoe and I get that um, LaMelo ball might change that because he's so flashy fun. We've gone a long time without hope with this franchise. And so LaMelo rivals this, but just because of the culture, like the Hornets were everybody's second favorite team or favorite non-local team, wherever they were, because LJ p- helped put them on the map with the fashion as well. Steve Smith ain't doing that as much as I liked him as a ball player. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not putting, uh, he's not the impact player that, that LJ was. And he doesn't get the family matters uh, episode. He doesn't get, <laughs> he, he does doesn't not. get the commercials. Like, there's a lot of this that like it misses out on, but, but, like oh, again, as an alternate scenario, right? Are, with you. Again, there are worse. There are worse things to do. There are worse things to be. There yeah, he averaged he averaged about 17, 18 points per game uh, through the first you know half of his career. He was an underrated passer. Was sitting at around four assists per game. Could shoot the three in some years. Was a little up and down in that category. Efficiency overall forty four percent for his career. Yeah, Steve Smith pretty good one time All Star, and that happened with the Atlanta Hawks. All right, we'll go to nineteen ninety two, where the Charlotte Hornets they moved up six spots. Right, so it was four mm-hmm. spots. They were supposed to draft number five, but in ninety. Two, they moved up six spots and this was the selection right after Shaquille O'Neal was going to go number one and so Alonzo Mourning was drafted number two overall by the Charlotte Hornets an interesting scenario here what if the Charlotte Hornets actually get the number one overall selection in this one and Shaq's first team ever is with the pinstripes man like if he gets yeah. to play alongside a Larry Johnson instead of Zoe oh my god what would have happened I mean look I don't think Shaq's not staying, right? Like I don't, no, I don't Shaq's expect Shaq staying. to stay long term. No, but one spot away, you know, we're getting greedy, yes, but one spot away from Shaq, crazy to think about. Um, either way, Shaq goes number one, Alonzo goes number two. The Hornets instead were supposed to be selecting number eight in this draft. So Christian Leitner goes three. Mm-hmm. Jim Jackson goes four. Mm-hmm. LaFonso Ellis goes five. The Googs, Tom Gugliata goes six. Walt Williams goes seven. And Nada, I like that Steve Smith scenario a lot more than any of the options we've got here because here's the group <laughs> you would have been picking from Todd Day, Clarence Weatherspoon, Adam Keefe, Robert Ori, 
Harold Miner, Bryant Stith, Malik Seeley. It does not get any better until maybe you get to Doug Christie at 17. But at 17, you probably wouldn't have been considering him at number eight. No. So Todd Day, Weatherspoon, Keith, Ori. Ori is the best pick out of all of them. And boy, you talk about a franchise swinging moment. Instead of picking eight, you would have had like an Ori instead of a Zoe. You would have been able to package him to the heat for Glenn Rice to get the best season in history. Yeah, clearly the Hornets got mad lucky on that one. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, like, I could see a scenario where they draft Harold Miner. I can see that. And maybe yeah, we, we all remember the baby Jordan dunk that he had and how he was mm-hmm. called baby Jordan. I, I can see them doing that. And again, the best part of again, the best case scenario is either Robert Ori or a dude that won you a dunk contest. That's the <laughs> best case scenario. And played four years, by the way. Exactly. Harold Miner, only four years in the league. Ori, we know big shot Bob would win multiple, multiple rings, 16 years in the league. Did Robert Ori play? And I believe that's only second to Shaquille O'Neal, who played 19 seasons from this NBA draft. That's the only other guy. All right, let's do one more draft um, before we take another break. I know we're going long, but this is fun. So in this one, 1999 one is interesting to me. Yes, it is. So the Charlotte Hornets in 1999, they moved up 10 spots. They were supposed to select number 13, and instead they struck big gold. It's the biggest jump that the Hornets have ever had um, by four. The second biggest jump was Zoe in 1992. So they jump up 10 spots to select number three overall. They were supposed to select uh, 13. So in that draft, it goes Elton Brand, number one, Mm -hmm. Steve Francis, number two. The Charlotte Hornets select Baron Davis. They select Diddy, number three. So here's how it goes until you get to 13. Lamar Odom is four. Jonathan Bender, Pacers trade for him because they thought he was going to be the truth. Jonathan Bender's five. Wally Zerbiak goes six. Richard Hamilton, seven. It's not a bad draft. Andre Miller goes eight. Sean Marion, nine. Jason Terry, 10. I mean, that's a good top 10. That is a dope top 10. But here's the thing. The bottom of this draft is nothing to sneeze at either. Like All right, so Trajan Langdon goes number 11. Alexander Radejevic, don't know him. He goes number 12 to Toronto. And here's where uh, the 13th selection goes. It's Corey Maggette. Yes, He gets picked by Seattle. I believe it's actually the Clippers who end up with him. So a couple Dukies go in that order. Corey Maggette, William Avery, that's the 13th and 14th pick. Frederick Weiss goes 15, the guy that got dunked on by Vince Carter at the Olympics. He goes 15. Yeah, but here's, here's the guy. Again, go to the next guy that I think yep. that, that the Hornets end up drafting in this case. Well, it would have been the best one in this scenario. Um, Meta World Peace AKA Ron Artest at the time he goes 16th to Chicago. So those would have been the players to choose from. I think Corey Maggette and Ron Artest at the time, those are the best picks there. So let's just say it's Maggette or Ron Artest instead of Baron Davis. How much different does that Charlotte Hornets team look? Because remember, this is the years where you're about two or three years removed from the Hornets getting close and uh, beating the Milwaukee Bucks to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Adding a Ron Artest at that point in time makes me wonder if they keep Mason around, you know, like that's what I wonder is like that, that would have been a roughneck team in the mold of the New York Knicks of the nineties. They would have beat you up. They don't reach the high. Clearly they don't reach the heights that they do, but Ron Artest and Charlotte, especially like at that not late nineties turn of the century. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of interesting. It kind of intrigues me. 
because yeah, it, it, it's a little bit of that Steve Smith scenario, right? Like yeah. it, it, except the, the gap isn't well, I don't think the, the gap's not as big, right? Zoe only played here three years. Diddy was beloved by Charlotte Hornets fans. That was different than the way Zoe left, but you know, he Ron Artest one uh, one time all star and it happened in 0304 with the Indiana Pacers. It took a little while for him yes. to to get there, but not I mean, not a ton right in Chicago. We averaged 16 points a game. We know about mm-hmm. his defensive intensity that he brought to the team. Um, so, yeah, in 01 and 02, you know, that's where he averaged 15 points per game and he would have been on that team that got to uh, the second round. Like, I don't think they get there without Diddy. I think he's the guy that helps them get there more so than Ron Artest, but it's not a bad alternative. Yeah, it's not a bad alternative. I just know that we're going to get burned at the stake and get told we're idiots a bunch on Twitter for a whole bunch of this. Well, I'm not, we're not saying it's, we're not saying that we want Ron Artest over Diddy though. No, if you guys no, no, come no, at no, us, no, 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 no. you still think they're going to get mad at us? Yes, I, yes, I do. Yes, I do. This is Twitter. <laughs> this is Twitter. We're dealing with of course you are Charlotte Hornets Twitter. They're going to get mad at us. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, but first bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball seasons in full swing. You can track all the action at bet online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. We've got one more segment to go. We'll take a look at some of the other scenarios scenarios where we dropped in the NBA draft who we could have selected had the uh, lottery gods not been pissed at us. We do that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Nada, you asked me about why I don't have the sneakers app and asked if it's that I'm too good to have the sneakers app. And no, here's the thing. (laughs) You guys are addicted to this drug that brings more pain than it brings joy. And I that that feeling that you guys get when you are able to attain a pair of sneakers, it keeps bringing you in. And I don't want to be addicted to that drug. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food. Why choose to spend up to 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and you can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Let's talk about all the times that the Hornets would actually drop in the NBA draft. Now, again, they never dropped a ton. You know, the draft is kind of designed to keep you from dropped, uh, dropping a million different spots. And so the Charlotte Hornets, the most they ever dropped, it's actually the first lottery night mm-hmm. in their existence. It was 1989. The Hornets dropped three spots. They were supposed to select second overall. And instead, they selected fifth overall. They got J.R. Reed. He was compared to Michael Jordan. He was supposed <laughs> to be the next Michael. Whew. Is that the word? Like, baby, baby Jordan with Harold Miner. Like at least you got the athleticism. I, and look, I didn't watch J.R. Reed. I didn't know him like Wait, that. Wait, hold on. Are you thinking J.R. Wright or J.R. Reed? Because J.R. No, I thought J.R. Reed was a guy that was compared to Jordan, wasn't no, he? No, that was, was. J.R. Ryder. 
Are you sure? Very sure. I'm going to look that up too. But anyways, while you're while I'm doing that, I'm going to pass this over to you. J.R. Reed was the fifth overall selection, but they were supposed to select second. Here's who they yeah. could have gotten. Danny Ferry, eee. Sean Elliott, okay. and this is the most interesting name, Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice was taken one spot ahead of the Charlotte Hornets. He goes to Miami. Of course, he had just had that run with Michigan, um, but Glenn Rice, how interesting that would have been had the Hornets actually got their hands on Glenn in the first place. Wait, hold on. So Glenn Rice would have been a Hornet this whole time and not gone to Miami and possibly been the greatest. Th- I, I'm just trying to think about that. You'd have had Dell, Rex, you'd have had Muggsy, you'd have had a decent amount of shooting talent. They would have they would have they'd have scored some nets. That they would have been a very, very popular team. J.R. Reed instead is wow, that is a um that is a booby prize of the highest uh, like that's the worst <laughs> consolation prize I can yeah. think of in quite a while. Yeah, it wasn't good. Reed, it's supposed to get Glenn Rice end up with J.R. Reed. Yikes. Now, yes. The other guys that were taken after him, Stacy King, George McLeod, Randy White, Tom Hammonds, Pooh Richardson, and then you get to Nick Anderson. Uh, that's basically you get Mookie Blaylock at 12, Tim Hardaway at 14. So really the strength, Sean Kemp was 17. BJ Armstrong was 18. Really the strength was in the teens in this draft, but not a, I've got confirmation, man. J.R. Reed was a guy that was compared to Michael Jordan. How? No he, he was. <laughs> How? He was, he was, he was compared to MJ oh, in 1989. He was, I am not lying to you. Wow. I'm not saying it was right. Clearly I'm not doing that. Wow. Wow. I thought, cause again, I would have swore it was J.R. Ryder, like Isaiah J.R. Ryder. I would have understood that, but like, wow, I can't believe, I, I guess the North Carolina connection makes people stupid sometimes. I, I guess yeah. that's what it is. I, I think that's exactly what it is. All right. So the other one, 1990, the Hornets only drop one spot. They get Kendall Gill. The only other guy they could have gotten had they just got the selection that they were supposed to was Dennis Scott. Um, we'll take Kendall Gill all day, every single day, even though Dennis 3D had some good mm-hmm. moments with the Orlando Magic. So then you go up to 05, Nada. That's the next time they drop Oy. a couple of spots. Yep. Uh, uh, look, <laughs> it, this one's not awful, right? Like, so they get Andrew Bogut. Um, they were supposed to select three mm-hmm. and they end up selecting. No, this one is bad. Excuse me. I completely yeah, no, messed that is. one up. This one is bad. I apologize. I thought they were saying they could selected three and could have selected one, but that draft goes Andrew Bogut. Then it goes Marvin Williams, number two. And then in the third and fourth, you get Chris Paul and Darren Williams before you select the next point guard in Raymond Felton. Now we know Darren Williams had a huge drop off, but Chris Paul, had you been able to select him at number three overall? I mean, that would have just been monstrous. I don't know if they do it. I don't know if they just decide to go for Raymond Felton or Darren Williams. Anyway, I, I think it was pretty clearly Williams or Chris Paul and then Felton. I think that's what it was like, but uh, you know, maybe the North Carolina connection was real at the time. I hope not. Either way, Chris Paul was was the guy to look at. Here's the thing. Even if it wasn't Chris Paul and it was Darren Williams instead, you know right. what? I would have been okay with that because, you know, because Darren Williams was a problem. How many 50-point games against the Charlotte Bobcats did that man have? He had a pre- <laughs> <laughs> he had a decent amount. It would have been nice if he did that for the Charlotte Bobcats at the time rather than against them. But instead, they got Raymond Felton, who may or may not have basically ballooned like an accordion, who might have been on the uh, Sean May diet plan after a little bit. 
It was basically two Tupacs. That's yeah. what Raymond Felton looked like. Uh, Martel Webster was six. Yeah. Charlie Villanueva was seven. Channing Fry eight. Ike Diagu nine. Andrew Bynum for a little while was a hell of a player at number 10. So it's not like they missed on this huge player going through the next five selections. But yeah, Chris Paul going number four, the selection before them. That was the bad one. So the worst one, you know, look, you can go to 2008. They selected <sighs> DJ Augustine in that draft oh and really not a, it, I, it's, it's the angriest and the earliest. I remember being as angry as I was with the Hornets when they decided not to take Brooke Lopez and go after DJ Augustine instead. And that's all I remember. We you know, hate I, you, I don't Larry know they, Brown. We hate you because we all know that was your idea. That was nobody else's idea because Mike <laughs> talked to them. Uh, Sam Vincent talked to him and then it get Larry. Larry Brown decided he would pitch a fit and say, you know what? I want my point guard because Raymond Felton isn't good enough. And technically he was right, but at the same time, it would have been Brooke Lopez instead. And I'm still I'm still not over it either. Oh way. yeah, I was I was I mean, I remember watching draft night. Brooke Lopez was right there. It was kind of the need for a big guy too that the Hornets slash Bob Bobcats had. And uh instead they go with DJ Augustine and Brooke Lopez could have been the selection. The only other player they missed out on dropping one spot was Joe Alexander. No, thank you. Um, the bad one. I mean, it's yeah. the bad one. Yeah. Twenty twelve. Yeah. MKG. Enough said. <laughs> it's the one that we'll never forget. We'll move on. Let's just move on. Okay. Just that, move on. Yeah. I'm not even going to fight you on that one. The next one was 2013 and they select Cody Zeller. Now they were supposed to select second in this draft. They ended up taking number. They ended up selecting four and who they could have had was really the only other player worth a damn in this collection of players. It was Victor Oladipo. They could have drafted second overall, but instead they get Cody Zeller and, and not. It's one of the weirder things. It was just not a very good draft class that Cody Zeller. I don't think you call it. And, and I guess if everybody's a bust, but like Cody compared to the rest of the group, not a bad pick. Nope. 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 Not, not a bad pick at all. And I'm just I, honestly, this part is the depressing part because I'm not sure they would have drafted Oladipo even if they were at two. I think they had. I think Rich Cho and everybody had their eyes set on Cody Zeller, point blank. Period. So yeah, uh, and I just remember because again, Charlotte Sports Despair was there for the draft party, and he has a video of the reaction of just the rains of booze because I think everybody wanted Nerlens Noel, myself included, and quite honestly, I just. Man, look, the more we talk about these dark days, the more I get depressed. Let's move on, please. <laughs> yeah, th this is the bad era. Um, Otto Porter Jr. was three, who was, you know, a, a considered a player for a moment. And uh, yeah, Cody Zeller was four. So that's all fine. Finally, you get to the 2020 NBA draft. They were and then we we discussed this is kind of going backwards, but they move up five spots. They were they ended up taking LaMelo ball number three overall. But had they actually selected number eight overall, you could have gotten a Denny Avdia. You could have gotten a Yeka Kongwu. Look, there's some uh, we don't know, right? It's so recent. We don't know how some of these players are going to turn out. Devin Vassell. Everybody knows how much I love Devin Vassell. So there was a, a still a decent crop at Tyrese Halliburton. Not there were some guys that were uh, were there available. So I'll ask you this. If they select number eight overall, who's the player that you would like to start off with? Is it easily Halliburton? Yeah, I think that I think they get Halliburton. I do think they draft Halliburton. I do think because a Kongwu was someone I know they were interested in. I know that we know again, we all know about their interest in Wiseman. I I really do think, though, that it would have been Halliburton. I don't think they loved Obi, Obi Toppin nearly enough 
And as, yeah, he went eight to the Knicks in this one. I think it would would have been Halliburton, and it would have been it. It would have been one of those times where I think Mitch would have drafted and got it right, and it, we would have all been wondering what if with LaMelo Ball somewhere else, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Obi goes a Denny Avdia. I think Avdia could have been the pick there too. You know, it, it's been true. interesting. That's true. Uh, Avdia being there, he goes nine to Washington, considered a drop at the time. Basel 11, Halliburton 12. And those were really all the interesting picks at the time into where maybe they could have selected them instead of LaMelo, but they move up to three, nada, and they get a guy that was considered a player of the year candidate. Thanks to make a love ultra for supporting the show. And thanks to you guys for supporting the show, a long one, but I enjoyed doing this, looking back and finding out what could have happened on lottery night and how it could have altered the NBA franchise. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on NBA Hollinger and Duncan and uh, really any show on the lockdown podcast network come on baby let's get some good luck it happened last top time in four, bunches can we do four. it again can we get a top four pick eight and a half percent chance at getting a top four pick a 1.8 percent chance at getting the number one overall pick and we strike gold again we'll recap it tomorrow right here on the lockdown hornets podcast <laughs>